Welcome to The State of Recruiting, a weekly podcast featuring the insights of Longhorn recruiting analyst Mike Roach and hosted by Bobby Burton. Roach offers unparalleled insight into recruiting on the 40 acres each week. He, each week, he crisscrosses the state watching and talking to blue chip recruits. And I'm Bobby Burton, a 1992 Texas grad and one of the recruiting industry's founding fathers. The State of Recruiting is taped each and every Wednesday during football and recruiting season. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts, hook them. Mike, uh, we're now, I guess, two weeks outside of signing day uh, for the class of twenty nine or for twenty twenty, which means we are officially turning our focus to twenty twenty one. Is that correct? Yep, had a week of vacation last week and uh, back on the grind now, and uh, we'll be uh, on the grind until next February, I guess. And our new recruiting guy that's that's. Uh, Playing your sidekick, Nick Harris, is now fully engaged with us. Is that correct? Yeah. And uh, going hard? Yeah, he is. And he and I are doing a second episode of, of this podcast on Fridays where we're going to take mailbag questions. So uh, the only way you can get those questions in is to check on the Horns 24-7 board and be a subscriber. So check that out for sure. Great. Um, Mike, before we get going, and just so everybody knows, what we're going to do in this uh, this podcast is go over the in-state offers that are already on the board to give everybody a chance to get to know these names before they become big names, basically, for the class of 2021. Uh, some of them will obviously include commitments. I think Texas is at six commitments right now for the class of 2021. Is that correct? Uh, yes, five or six? five, I think, with the six. loss of uh, with the loss of of Lake McCree, who decommitted uh, last week while I was on vacation. Okay, gotcha. But long story short, all of those are in-state uh, commitments. So no, I'm sorry, you're right. It, um, it is six. It is six. Okay, yeah. but my point is, all of those guys are among the group that we're going to talk about. Yep, because they're all in-state offers. There are a number of players that Texas has offered from out of state, um, with variety of different interests being reciprocated. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. But this is going to be about that. Uh, before we do move on to 2021, though, okay, is Texas still recruiting any uh, late bloomers like Willie Tyler or Jawan Mitchell that they did last year, or are they um, or grad transfers? I know you mentioned Tariq Black, the wide receiver from Michigan at one point. Anything on that end that, that, that needs to be brought up right now? Nothing new. Um, I think if the, they'll continue to look at the JUCO ranks and see if something presents itself, but I haven't heard any names there. And then as far as the grad transfer market goes, um, I I don't think there's been much more than just uh, initial gauging of, of interest at this point with a couple of guys. But, um, you know, once things sort of move on and become serious with anybody, we'll certainly have uh, have that covered over at Horns 24-7. Okay. All right, Mike, let's move on. So Texas has six commitments for 2021 already, all in-state prospects. Um, we're just going to go position by position with all of those, with all the players Texas has offered in state uh, today. Uh, Texas has offered three quarterbacks and has a commitment from one of them. Uh, so we're starting with quarterbacks here. Jalen Milrow out of uh, Katie Tompkins, but he's now at IMG or moving to IMG. Is that correct? No, no, that's his teammate, Tamisha Adelier, who moved to uh, IMG. Okay. So, so Jalen's not moving because I thought he had made an announcement of some sort, but that wasn't what it was about. No, Jalen is staying uh, staying at uh, Katie Tompkins. Okay, gotcha. 
Uh, Sawyer Robertson is another quarterback out of Lubbock, uh, Lubbock area. And then Garrett Nussmeyer out of the, the Metroplex area. So tell us what you know about those three. Spend some time on on those guys, if you don't mind. Yeah, Jalen. Just give everybody some feedback. Everybody knows Jalen Milrow. He's America's favorite uh, recruiter as your quarterback. He has been um, a sensational uh, kind of lead dog or bell cow in this Texas class. And, um, you know, he's really, uh, I think, a guy who is as the probably the highest ceiling of any quarterback in the Texas, uh, in the in-state class. Uh, you know, he's about a 6'3", well-built kid, big arm, can run. Uh, but he, he is still working on kind of, uh, you know, ironing out a l- some mechanical things and working with a quarterback trainer. One of the hardest working kids I know, one of the best kids I know, uh, one of my favorite people to talk to. And it's easy to see why recruits want to follow him. He's got a very magnetic personality, wonderful smile, all those sorts of things. He was, uh, you know, Tim Beck's pick at quarterback when – when he wanted to commit and um, you know, when Mike Yersich came in, it looks like, to, you know, he wanted to take a second quarterback. Now that could be for a number of reasons. I know there's been a lot of debate on our board of whether to take a second quarterback and what the merit is in that. But, you know, I think a few years ago, Texas was in a spot where they had basically no depth in the quarterback room. And now they're, and people are kind of turning their nose up at taking two at times. So um, I understand that there's a special quarterback in the 2022 class and in Quinn Ewer, and people are worried about that. But right now the staff feels like they have ticked two, um, which kind of leads to Sawyer Robertson and Garrett Nussmeyer, the other two offers that Mike Yersich has made. Uh, Robertson's a guy I don't know a ton about. He doesn't talk. I've been trying to get in touch with him. I'm probably going to have to make a trip to Lubbock to go see the, the Lubbock Coronado passer. Um, but a big kid throws the ball extremely well. Uh, still a little bit raw, but I think as far as just a pure passer, maybe the most upside of, of that end. And, you know, is a guy that, that I think Mike Leach has targeted aggressively at at uh, Mississippi State, and that's something that, that kind of always makes me uh, perk up when Mike Leach targets quarterbacks. And um, I think Robertson is a guy that Texas would love to get on campus and, and see where things stand with him and, and try to make him that second quarterback in the class. Uh, Garrett Nussmeyer, the Flower Mound Marcus quarterback, I got to see him over the weekend at uh, Pylon 7-on-7 seven seven in Dallas. Uh, Nussmeyer is uh, a, a coach's kid. His dad, Doug Nussmeyer, uh, coached at Alabama, coached at Michigan, is currently on the Dallas Cowboys staff. And Nussmeyer is one of those kids that is trained extremely well. He uh, understands defenses. He understands reading things. He's, he, you know, he's probably the, one of the safer quarterback prospects as far as high floor. Um, he's also kind of a pro at handling everything as far as media and, and things like that. Um, a strong personality, uh, a heck of a competitive energy and a guy that I think right now, if I had to handicap it, LSU probably leads for, but I think Texas is, is right in that race. He's going to make a few unofficial visits after the dead period, including to Texas. That'll be one. Um, and he'll kind of make his decision in April and, and, uh, after he makes those unofficial visits. Gotcha. I, um, so Milrose committed, Robertson, we don't really have a feel on what he's thinking right now. And then Nussmeyer, you feel like, is probably favoring LSU. So I, here's here, I've watched all three of those guys. I love Milrow. I think he's a, a winner. I think that uh, he's a fighter. And I love uh, – the two kids that I 
I actually like the two kids that Texas has probably the best shot at, and that's Milrow and Robertson. Uh, both of them because I feel like they throw well even with traffic in their face. Um, Nussmeyer, I, I did not I, – I didn't feel like he was a plus athlete where I felt like Milrow definitely is a plus athlete, and I thought Robertson's an, an above-average athlete that can get himself some time to, to throw the ball. But uh, long story short, uh, definitely at least two quarterbacks on the board uh, for Texas – one already in in tow in, in Milrow. And how, how do you feel about his commitment at this time, Mike? Would you categorize it as solid? You know, what? how would you how would you do that? Yeah, I would say it's solid. Um, and talking to Jalen, you know, the Texas staff made things clear to him before they went after a second quarterback. And from what I was told, kind of approached it as, hey, if you don't want us to do this, we, we may not. But um, if you're okay with it, we'd like to take a second quarterback. As for now, everything looks solid, but – you know, when you're walking that tightrope and, and dancing that dance with two quarterbacks, it's always a little dicey. So um, I, I think right now it's solid, and I think that it's going to take something extraordinary for, for Jalen to look around. Uh, real quick, so the one thing we wanted to talk about too, Mike, is that the new 24-7 rankings are coming out for 2021 today. Yes. Um, uh, which one is rated? How are they rated? Those three. Um, as far as in state, uh, I believe it would be. Give me one second. Um, Milrow would be the top. Uh, Robertson would be second. Nussmeyer would be third. Now nah, that make I I like that ranking. Uh, I could see Miller Milrow or Robertson being ranked one. So, all right, let's talk to running backs. Uh, Three running backs also offered in the state this year, and, and uh, tell us who those three are. Uh, that would be Kamar Wheaton, the running back from Lakeview Centennial and Garland, uh, L.J. Johnson from Cy Fair in Houston, Jonathan Brooks from Hallettsville. Uh, Kamar Wheaton's been the guy that's kind of been the exciting name for fans, a five-star speedster from Lakeview Centennial, but a guy that I've had a lot of questions on, and I've brought him up um, in, in numerous settings as far as just his skill as a running back. You know, he's got elite track speed, and if he reaches, you know, some daylight, he's going to run away from you. But uh, what I'd like to see a little more from him is, you know, more vision and, and the ability to run through contact and things of that nature. Um Whereas I see that with LJ Johnson, I see his ability to run through contact. I see um, his vision, and he tested four four last spring. Has great track time, so shows to be a plus athlete as well. So I really like. El- was that a four four, Mike? Was that a four four electronic? Yeah, or was it was that- a laser four four at the opening. Nice, nice. I was unaware of that. Yeah, so um, the, you know he's a plus plus athlete to go with a lot of productivity, which I love. You know, there's certain positions, Bobby, that I think productivity is a must, and I think running back is one of those positions. Um, I think there are, you know, maybe receivers that, depending on their offense they're in, you know, they're not going to put up a ton of productivity. But at running back, to me, if you're a difference maker, you're going to have a lot of productivity. And those are questions I have with Kamar Wheaton. I don't have those questions with L.J. Johnson because he put up a ton. Uh, Jonathan Brooks is kind of the guy that everybody's wondering about uh, from Hallettsville. Bobby, you called me while I was on vacation. Um, I think you saw some things you really liked with this kid's film. That looks to be one of those ones Texas makes every year where they find a kid that nobody knows about, um, make an early offer, 
And, um, you know, I think Texas put themselves in a strong position getting in so early on him. He's a big kid, uh, but I think he runs well. I think he looks pretty fluid in the backfield, um, good feet, all those sorts of things. So, uh, you know, you're I know you're you're a big fan of Jonathan Brooks. So what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, yeah, I, I am actually. So what's interesting to me is that Kamar Wheaton and LJ Johnson are the national names. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. They're the ones that are going to be ranked nationally by 24-7 and, and the industry as a whole. Right. As a person that gets in and out of tackles, the best one in the state, in my opinion, is Jonathan Brooks. Um, he reminds me, I mean, it's going to sound crazy, but he reminds me of two guys, uh, Jamal Charles and uh, Ronald Jones that went to USC. Um but was from the the Metroplex. That's who he reminds me of. I don't know that he's that fast um, because I haven't, I I don't think he has those kind of track times, but boy, he makes people miss and makes them miss a lot. And he's not, I think he's surprisingly strong um, to, to some people, to defenders because he doesn't necessarily come off that way. And uh, he just, uh, he's boy, I know he's not, I don't think he's in the top 20, uh, 247 in the country at this point, uh, but I think our national guys are, are missing big on him. Um, like you, I've, I've, I see where what people see in Kamar Wheaton. Uh, like you, I also have some questions. I do think that Kamar Wheaton is one of those guys that, that can beat people with his physicality if he, if he really commits to it. I don't see him committing to that on on an every down basis. LJ Johnson, um, I'm interested in him because I think he does make people miss. He can run through things, uh, and I was surprised to hear that you just said he, he ran a four four because I I did not see him as being that fast on the tape I saw. So that's actually uh, encouraging to me. Um, but all three of those guys, Mike, I, I think are are guys that that uh, the Longhorns are interested in. Um, and are they trying to take one or two? They only took one last year with, with, uh, B. John Robinson. Is that going to be the number? I think ideally they'd take two. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and I, and I want to go circle back before we go to wide receivers, um, and talk about what you mentioned with the two quarterbacks. They, they have to take two. They, they only have Sam Ellinger graduates. They, they literally only have Casey Thompson, and uh, Hudson Card, who are definitely quarterbacks. Jaquindon Jackson could end up something else very easily, no different than what Rashawn Johnson did. Um, you can't you can't be on a campus with just two quarter. I mean, with just two quarterbacks, one of which or three, one of which is is a true freshman. Um, so I have no no issue whatsoever uh, of that because they they put themselves in a very tenuous position this year. They literally only had two quarterbacks on campus, Mike. Right. Um, so uh, that's that is what that is. So going forward, receivers. There've been three in-state offers at quarterback, three in-state offers at running back, and three in-state offers at receiver. Who are those? Yeah, three? and as as good as most of these position groups are, I would say it's a down year at receiver in state. Um, Certainly a lot more slot guys than there are outside guys. And, you know, three guys that they've offered, Quay Davis from Dallas Skyline, the former Texas commit, uh, JoJo Earl from Alito, uh, who's a 
probably the best slot, maybe in the country, but certainly in the state. And then Teddy Knox, who moved from Baton Rouge to the Woodlands um, last year, is another guy they've offered and are, are pushing for. Uh, with Quay Davis, you know, he is a spectacular receiver that can make big plays. But what I really want to see from Quay is him make the routine play. You know, he can go up and, and make the one-handed catch over two guys, but sometimes you'll see him drop just like a quick slant or something. And um, I think that guys like that, you know, he reminds me a lot of, um, you know, I remember when Malcolm Williams was on campus at Texas and he could, you know, seemingly make the big play anytime he wanted, but would struggle with just making the routine play. And, um but for Quay, you know, I think that a lot of what he battles is a lot of quarterback issues at his school at Skyline. I don't think that um, they're doing him any favors there. They don't seem to be able to get him the ball in any way to make a, make him a threat. And so I think his film was a little bit down this year. But you go see him in a camp setting or a seven-on-seven setting, and he will make some, some eye-popping plays. I think Texas is, despite him decommitting, in the lead for Quay Davis again. I put in a recent crystal ball pick for him again. And I think if, you know, everything everything goes smoothly in the spring, Quay will be back in this class by the summer. Uh, jo- JoJo Earl's really like kind of the big prize that, um, you know, uh, Brian Carrington targeted early. They I think they were the second school to offer JoJo when he was a sophomore at Alito. And Texas looked to be running out in front of that race for a majority of the time. But after the staff turnover, uh, JoJo released a top five and Texas was not in it, which was incredibly surprising to me and a bunch of people even you know close to JoJo. Texas did a lot of work, I think, to, to try to get back in with him. They're going to try to host him following the dead period. If they get him on campus, I think things are looking up. But right now, they've really got to get back in on that recruitment because it looks like schools like Oklahoma and LSU are, are kind of are jumping in. And, um, you know, those are two schools, Texas. Uh, you know, they wouldn't play Earl at LSU, but they'd have to see him every year at Oklahoma. And then Teddy Knox um, is, a like I mentioned, a speedster from Baton Rouge. Um, Texas was able to host him and uh, over the summer at a camp, offered him there. Um, and pursued him and continue to pursue him. I think really what they're looking at is maybe a school like Mississippi State, um, where he has some ties to uh, some coaches on that staff, um, maybe being out in front. But outside of that, unless LSU jumps in, I think Texas is in a good position for Teddy Knox. I've got to be honest. I mean, I, I have a hard time seeing someone that's living in the woodlands ending up at Mississippi State. Uh, that just doesn't happen very often, so... Um, all right, tight ends, uh, there are three of them as well. All right, and uh, yeah, Lake McCree, I'm going to still consider him an offer even though he decommitted. Um, you know, I got probably more questions on Lake McCree from guys around our network about, you know, did he drop Texas or did Texas drop him? I think he dropped Texas, but I don't know that they put up that much of a fight on the way out um, for him. And he's at he's at just to be clear he's at he's at Lake Travis right right and I think that's a that's a big thing too is um you know they would never drop him um they I don't think they're gonna going to get into dropping Lake Travis kids I think that would be a PR nightmare for them um, but uh, Lake McCree's in there was committed to Texas staff turnover kind of changed you know his view on everything and he started to pick up a ton of offers so he wanted to take a look around. 
Uh, Elijah Arroyo, the the kid from Frisco, is really the hot one of the hottest prospects in the state right now, and to me, the best tight end I've seen in the state of Texas. Um, big kid. Uh, can run, can catch, can block, can do it all. Um, he's picking up huge offers from um, Alabama offered recently, Ohio State's offered recently. So um, I think when you say big, how big is yeah, he? Yeah, I, I think he's about 6'4, 220 right now. Um, okay. And, and, and moves like a smaller smaller guy. So I think, you know, could beef up, play in line, but also play flex. And, uh, and then there's Landon King from uh, Atascacita who Texas offered when he was on campus for a junior day, uh, a six foot four, two fifteen type of kid um, who they're hoping they can bulk up. He's been a really productive high school receiver. Um, and, you know, Landon doesn't talk a ton, but I think Texas is in a pretty good spot there. I have an interesting observation here on all four of these position groups, and I want to hear what you think about it. Do you realize on all four position groups, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end, Texas has offered three kids. In each of those position groups, one is from Houston, one is from the Metroplex, and one is from somewhere else across the state. So it's almost – you get my point there, Mike? Yeah. It's like one from Houston, one from Dallas, one from wh- whoever the best one else is. Right. Um, and so that, that's interesting to me that, that we see that uh, early on at least – uh, play out this way. Uh, now, Texas does have a commit from Juan Davis, but is it as a tight end or is he more of an athlete? Uh, yeah, I forgot to mention Juan Davis. He is more of an athlete. I think Texas looks at him as a guy that could also play on the defensive line or um, or uh, maybe even at linebacker or something like that. Um, but right now I would think he is primarily looked at as a as a linebacker or as a tight end I'm sorry um and you know I think everything's secure with Juan Davis you know Texas A&M actually just offered Juan last night but I think Juan's pretty locked into Texas right now gotcha so all right so let's go to offensive line where three is not the number there there's a host of guys that have been offered run down the list of who all has been offered first and foremost uh, uh fort worth all saints uh, five-star offensive tackle tommy brockermeyer um duckettville offensive tackle savian bird richmond foster offensive lineman ruba fathery uh katie taylor offensive lineman bryce foster katie taylor offensive lineman hayden connor's already committed and in the class uh, magnolia offensive lineman matthew wyckoff all Saints center James Brockermeyer, Tommy's brother, and then North Shore guard Jaden Roberts are all on the in-state offer list. Okay, so the Brockermeyers, uh, obviously their their dad Blake played at Texas, was an All-American first-round draft pick of the Cal- Carolina Panthers, um, and then uh, is now on staff at SMU uh, in a support role. Uh, other than those two, do any of them – and Connor's already committed. Do any of them have Texas ties, the University of Texas ties, or anything that uh, you want to bring up about them that uh, Texas has it in on? Outside of the Brocker Myers, you know, Savian Bird's got a good relationship with Texas and, and is very close with Jaquin and Jackson, so that might come into play. Uh, Bryce Foster, obviously, you know, one of his best friends is Hayden Connor, and his other best friends are Jalen Milrow. Um, and he's been, I believe, Herb Hand was the first coach to offer him when he was at Auburn. So um, that's another one that I think Texas has some links to. Um, and then uh, outside of that, really, they're just kind of uh, 
they're just kind of battling a lot of the other in-state schools for those guys. I think if I had to pick right now, the guys I feel better about them being in with are, are the Brocker Myers. Obviously, I think Alabama is a huge, uh, huge obstacle in Texas' way there. But um, outside of that, I, I I think Texas is in the fight, and um, we're, we're probably going to have some news upcoming this week on the Brocker Myers. I've been told, um, so I'm just waiting for the go ahead on that. Um, nothing in the way of a commitment, so I don't want to freak anybody out. But just some stuff coming up. Um, I think with with Bird, SMU's generating a ton of of momentum in that recruitment right now with Savian Bird, um, and a lot of that has to do with Rashad Samples, uh, the former Texas assistant whose father is the head coach at Duncanville, being over there, and he's been to, to SMU just about every time they've had the doors open. I like where they stand with Bryce Foster. Um, I think that maybe you know. A&M in Oklahoma might have something to say about it, but I like where things stand with Bryce Foster as of right now. Gotcha. Okay, and they did also offer um, the big kid out of uh, Bel Air also too, right? But he's committed to to uh, uh, Ohio State. Donovan Jackson, is that right? Yes, yeah, Donovan Jackson as well. I, I left okay. him off because he just committed um, to Ohio State, and I don't really see him opening things up at this point. Gotcha. I just want to make sure that, that – if people may ask us, oh, well, you didn't mention him. Texas did indeed offer. All right, on the defensive line, uh, actually, before we go to off, uh, go to, over to defense, Texas has offered what, I, what we categorized as three athletes. I, we already talked on, on Juan Davis because the kid, young man from Everman, you think, fills that tight end role. Uh, the two other ones have also committed, uh, Jatavian Sanders and Billy Bowman. Tell us about those guys. Yeah, two of the most talented guys in the state of Texas, um, and I think, uh, you know what, we're going to hold this probably release until um, after the rankings are released, so I won't put this podcast up until after then so I can say it. Uh, Jatavian Sanders, number 14 player in the country now, uh, according to the top 247, and Billy Bowman, number 37. Uh, that's, you know, that happens frequently in out-of-state schools or private schools where they have programs like uh, Modern Day, um, and IMG. IMG, where they recruit, but public school in Texas having two top 40 kids in the country, that's pretty special. And uh, those two kids are, are very special. Jatavian Sanders, first time I saw him, was just unblockable as a defensive end. Um, also plays like tight end receiver, and I think incredibly play both. Um, I think that uh, I think that he is has the goods to be an offensive uh, weapon if he needed to. But I really, really love him as an edge rusher, where he had 11 sacks and 20 tackles for loss this year, and was just basically a, a wrecking ball. And then Billy Bowman to me is a is a you know an electric uh, slot receiver, um, but I think he's also probably the best safety or nickel in the state of Texas. And for some reason, people keep punting to him. I think he may be the best punt returner I've ever seen at the high school level. He had seven punt return touchdowns this year. So two truly special athletes from a big time pro. I mean, that program has produced. Uh, when you think about it, Jarvis Moss and Mario Edwards and Drew Sanders and Spencer Sanders. And there's a story in there in itself somewhere that uh, they've uh, produced three five-star kids basically named Sanders and none of them are related. Um, I was thinking about that last night uh, with Jatavian. But uh, I think that that's an awesome program and that's, uh, you know, those two kids really, you know, deserve the acclaim. Gotcha. Um and you mentioned Bowman is more of a you think more of a defensive player, even though, um, even though you think that uh, he could play slot because of, because of his ability. 
Yeah, I think um, I think that he is. I think he's best served on the defensive side of the ball. I do think he's maybe the best nickel or safety in the state, but he could certainly play receiver, um, and, and there not be a problem there either. Okay, got it. All right, so switching over to defense, uh, the defensive lineman you've lined out that Texas has offered. Landon Jackson out of Texarkana, Jordan Thomas, Marcus Burris, and Shamar Turner. That correct? Uh, that's correct. Uh, all right, give us the heights and weights of all those guys, Mike. Uh, off the top of my head, without looking them all up singly, um, Landon Jackson's about six six two forty right now. Jordan Thomas, I would say about six four two thirty five. Marcus Burris about six five two fifty, and then Shamar Turner is about six four two sixty. Um, now like guys like Shamar Turner and Marcus Burris, I see eventually being interior prospects. They're listed as defensive ends, but they're, they've got bodies that remind me a lot of like Hassan Bridgeway, guys that are going to eventually grow into interior players. Uh, Landon Jackson, I think is a, is going to be a strong side defensive end that can probably play at about six six two eighty five two ninety 290 optimally has a ton of length. Um, and, uh, you know, really just a great motor um, and has been a driving force on a Pleasant Grove team that's won two state championships in three years. And then Jordan Thomas at Port Arthur Memorial was a kid that blew me away last spring when I went out to go see him. Um, you know, fantastic build. It looks like he was created in a lab. Twitchy off the snap, I think could be a little bit more of an athletic version of what Taquan Graham was coming out of high school. Interesting. And, and what about uh, uh, Shamar Turner? Um, oh, Shamar Turner. Forgot about him. Uh, yeah, DeSoto. I think he is a uh, he's a guy that I really look at it like a Hassan Ridgeway type, I, like I was saying, uh, a defensive end in high school, but um, where I think maybe he's not as twitchy on the edge playing against tackles. I think he's going to be you know more of a nightmare for uh, interior players if he pushes inside. He's got a huge build. I mean, he just looks like he's going to play at 300 pounds. Interesting. Okay. And, and you think Texas – is looking for both guys that project more inside and not start off inside as a whole because that's kind of what it sounds like. I mean, yeah, it's it's people aren't looking for those you know defensive tackles in in high school anymore. Is and you know it not, I, not, and and give you an example. Keandre Coburn came out and he was a nose or a two technique from day one. N- nobody questioned that. Texas isn't looking that direction at least not right now. Is what you're saying, right? Right. Um, I think that those those cases are special. If they find a Keandre Coburn, yeah. But I think for the most part, they like taking these bigger DNs and, and converting them, um, you know, to three techniques and, and noses and things like that. Same thing they did with like Tavondre Sweat, who was a defensive end in high school. Gotcha. Okay. All right. At linebacker, uh, one, two, three, four. You've got five in-state offers here. Go down the list. Yeah, Kendrick Blackshire from Duncanville, who I kind of struggled back and forth whether to put him on. I don't know how much interest Kendrick has in Texas at this point. Um, he's never really been that locked in on Texas and hasn't visited in, in a long time. So um, I, I threw him on there, but not sure, again, you know where the interest level is there. Derek Harris, committed to Texas already, I think is a, uh, you know, a really good linebacker prospect in this class, can play kind of outside can rush the passer but I also think could play off the ball or play inside. Uh same high school as Adam Dunn. New oh yeah, that's right. We talked the, the baseball player. We yeah. talked about yep. that back in the playoffs. Uh Terrence Cooks from Shadow Creek who's getting all the offers in the world right now. Uh another big linebacker like Derek Harris about 6'3", 210 and can run, can really run. Um I don't have 
times on him yet, but if you watch the film, there's a lot of plays where he makes where he just runs guys down. Clayton Smith is a guy that that had a huge rise this year, number 61 in the country, I believe, uh, from Texarkana, Texas High. Uh, a guy that you know we we went and saw in the spring and loved. Um, about 6'3", 225 right now, and kind of plays that B-backer, like outside edge rusher role uh, for, for Texas High. He's a track kid. Um, he's pretty twitchy. Uh, his film was spectacular this year, so really like Clayton Smith as well. I think LSU probably has the lead for, for Clayton right now because I think Texas has just run into a, a scenario where Clayton Smith is too much like Derek Harris and Jatavian Sanders, and, and I don't know if they're going to stack that much at one position. And then Maurice Blackwell from Arlington Martin is a guy that's kind of newer onto the the offer radar, but really liked him when I saw him a couple times this year. Uh, more of a, uh, I think, an inside type of guy, but he can really run. And it's clear Texas is looking for a lot more speed than size at the linebacker position. Gotcha. Well, as they go down to four-man front, they're going to have to do that, um, which is interesting. So, all right, cornerbacks. Only two so far in-state offers. I think that's interesting given the the fact that they play in the Big 12. You know, you need more corners typically. Yeah, and I think, again, this may be a little bit of a down year at corner and safety. Um, Ishmael Ibrahim from Dallas Kimball, uh, the, uh, probably the top corner in the state of Texas. Long, springy, uh, 6'1", probably 170 right now. Can run, can jump, got a lot of bounce to him. Is a, is a perfect press corner, and that's what they want. And then Hunter Washington from um, from Katy, uh, probably a little smaller, five eleven, six foot, one ninety, a little more solidly built, um, and uh, you know long arms again. Uh, I think that that's what they're looking for is a lot of length, the guys that can press, and and that's what both uh, Washington and Ibrahim can do. Either of those guys run track. Uh, yeah, I believe both of them do, but I don't uh, know. I don't have times on them from last year. I'd have to look them up. Um, and what we're really looking for is times this year. I got you. Okay. All right. And at safety, uh, three offers in state. J.D. Coffey, Isaiah Nakwobia, and Romario Noel. Yeah, uh, J.D. Coffey uh, from Kinnadale, um is a guy that Craig Niver offered. And I think that Texas, the new staff has taken a look at. I think they're still trying to figure out where things stand with Coffey and them. Um, I think he's a very instinctive safety, uh, big hitter, all those things. I just think that they're trying to evaluate what kind of athlete he is right now. Isaiah Noquobia from uh, Skyline is a, a long, lanky guy that can run. Um, he can hit. I think he's a little tight in the hips, but um, kind of fits what, what those Big 12 teams look for in those hybrid type of safeties that can play in the box or play high. That's really what Nequobia brings to the table. And um, I think, you know, he's really deciding right now between Texas, SMU. I think Cal's in there a little bit as well. But um, I think Texas is in a good spot for him. And then Romario Noel is a six foot three, 215 pound safety, who I think is probably a linebacker for Texas. Um, I list him as a safety because that's what we have him uh, evaluated at. But I, I see him as a linebacker going forward. He's uh, from Cy Ranch committed to Baylor at this point in time, but but certainly listening to Texas and, and went down there for a junior day. And and you said also Bowman would slot into this position most likely, right? Just to give an, an overview of, of really where safety's at. They may already have right, their, right. Their yeah, yeah, that's where gotcha. I would see him. Gotcha. Okay. So um, just looking this through, I it looks like the 
programs that have the most offers are um, probably Duncanville and uh, Dallas Skyline. Is that right? Uh, yeah. I mean, off the top of my head, yeah. I would, I would say so. Okay. okay. Nobody from – what about the – uh, the corner from Austin LBJ Did, have, has that name come up? Uh, Latrell McCutcheon. He um, he yeah. had an offer from the previous staff. From what I know, has not been reoffered by this staff. Okay, got it. All right, all right. Well, Mike, I, I think that's going to do it for today. Um, anything you else want to anything you want to add other than to for everybody to remember to actually uh, check in now. Um, Next week. Yeah, we'll all right later this week. Yeah, we'll be uh, opening it up for questions on the Hornets twenty four seven board, so you can drop those there. Other than that, I'll be at Pylon Vegas uh, this weekend, seeing a lot of the Texas West Coast uh, targets. So uh, we'll we'll have a full recap of that on the board. So uh, come check us out and subscribe. Stay at uh, stay at the event. Do not lose your paycheck and uh, <laughs> lost, the city of lost lost wages. All right, all right. This has been the state of recruiting. I'm Bobby Burton. For Mike Roach, it's been State of Recruiting is taped each and every Wednesday during football and recruiting season. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again for listening. Bye-bye.